Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to our Facebook specialist group, interact with us there. And boy, Nick, even some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is coming out of that group. It is rapidly getting so much more fun. Or send us a text direct, 918-800-1188. And I'm diving into a little F5 IPA. We have not yet seen a tornado. It is just the end of February, the start of March. But there's no doubt here uh, we will probably get some. Let's get into some buy and sell because I know you don't want to talk about your golf game again. Uh, I heard about all those slices and lost balls you had, so I know we don't want to go into that. We're all good. Uh, (laughs) What are we going to talk about today? Well, I bought last week because we got a lot of cool stuff coming out, uh, and I got to sell a little bit this week. And, you know, there's this old quote that everybody has about the government knocking on your door, right? And everybody's heard this quote, or if you haven't, this is kind of the funny joke, which is the worst words you can hear are knock, 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 Marty. I'm here from the government and we're just here to help you. Oh, and you've heard it, you know, that especially, you know, coming up, everybody makes joke about you don't want the IRS knocking on your door and telling them, Hey, we're just here to help you, Marty. I've seen kind of something transpiring in our industry for the last few years and From time to time, things just like come to a head where for whatever reason, guys reach out to you. They're all talking about the same thing. They're all, you know, pointing you at the same posts and you see stuff on Facebook or Instagram and it all just kind of comes to a moment. We've come to a weird moment in detailing where have you noticed how many people are just here to help? Marty, I'm, you know, I'm just looking out for the industry. I'm just, I'm just doing this for the industry to give back. And then you'll go and you look at a guy's posts over the last two years, and he's just saying the same thing. He's just here to help. Just here to help, Marty. And that, that's a pretty dangerous thing for the level we're getting to here in detailing is just how many people are just, they're giving back. They don't want anything. There's nothing more expensive than the word free. And had some guys reach out to me last week and tell me about some things going on in their life around this business. and. Hey, I thought this was going to be free. Then I checked into it and turns out it's not free. And, you know, they, they said they wanted to give back to the industry and they wanted to help out. They wanted to do this. They wanted to do that. And Marty, we're from the government and we're here to help (laughs) is the worst thing that you can hear. So I'm going to sell today something that's going on in this industry. Look, man, we do a podcast. We give out free information. But let me be clear about something. What we hope is that you connect with us as a brand, you connect with us as what we believe in this thing called detailing, and you mosey on over and buy some hyper-clean products. Like, that's what we hope happens. Sure, we give out free information, but there's a hope that there's a transaction and an a engagement with one another where you say, hey, man, I really like Marty and Nick. Let me go support them, Right? But it's amazing how many people are just here to help out of the goodness of their heart. So I can't believe how many Mother Teresas we have in detailing, but it's a lot. And uh, 
for for the 20 year old Nick out there listening to this, be very cautious about the men and women telling you all the time they're just here to help. They don't want anything. They're here to give back to the industry because there's some kind of motive somewhere. And I'll leave it with this. The biggest philanthropist in the world for a long time was the same family that was responsible for the opioid epidemic. They're not just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They were doing it to get away from something, you know, to get away with something that they shouldn't have been doing. And guess what? They got away with it to the tune of billions and trillions of dollars. So what I'm selling this week is everyone's just here to help. Well, (laughs) 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 there's, there's plenty of that going around your ride. You look on social media, there's no doubt everybody uh, is giving out to, their piece of help. So that is interesting. That good one. Good one. I'm, I'm buying it also. Well, uh, you're, you sold, I'm buying, I'm buying. I think it's very fascinating where we're at. Fascinating by, I said it years ago when we were going through Corona, it was like, this is it's just fascinating to be in the time where we're at. It's fascinating to see another country go and try and take over a country. Like it just, it's fascinating to me. And I, I don't know why this is not a political thing. I know people want to put out their own political statements. Nick, you and I have publicly as well as privately said, we have zero political interest, right? This is nothing political. It's just, I'm fascinated with what's going on with the Ukrainian president. You know, basically it's almost like a movie set in real times. I think even uh, uh, the, 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 the interesting thing was, uh, who's the guy that you listen to Rogan a lot? He put out on social and it was, all the sirens going off and then it goes to a commercial for Applebee's. Like it is just yeah. really fascinating to see how people portray what's going on and, and to see what happens. And you got this Ukrainian president basically on the streets using social media to encourage people like, we're going to defend, we're going to do that. And it's like, like a movie. Right. But you, but it's not a movie. You feel like you want to be like, this is a movie scene. And you're like, no, there's people that are about to die. Having the, the, the lady who was the, 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 the beauty pageant lady is now picking up arms. Right. I mean, it, well, it's think just, about this, the Klitschko brothers, the guys that were the, some of the best heavyweight boxers. Now you got Lomachenko, who's one of the top boxers currently. They're all going back to fight for their country. And you're right. Fascinating is the word is, is that, you know, nobody wants to see this kind of stuff happen. Your thoughts and prayers are with anybody who's, you know, I mean, we have kids, can you imagine having to put your kids in a bus and say, you know, this might be it. You know, we got to defend our country. You got to get out of here. You know, you and your mom got to get out of here. We got to try to keep this thing. Yeah. It's weird, right? Like it's, it's weird. It's, right. It's, and, and as you, and, as you and I talk about chess moves, right. The chess moves inside war, right. The, the chess moves from Putin to the Ukrainian president to the, the moves by the U S and the allies and everybody's starting to do the, what they're going to, you know, trying to, control the money going in and cutting off airspace and all the different, I'm just fascinated, right? Like I barely watched the Olympics, but I watched some of it every fucking night. I'm sitting there on CNN.com just trying to, Oh, what happened today? Like, Oh, what's the news? And I mean, they're putting stuff out on a regular basis. And it's just like, I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm buying it for some stranger. I'm buying the fascination and I, maybe that's wrong. I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's wrong, but yeah, when world stuff happens, uh, as you get older, you realize these are moments, right? Like, you know, think about when 
uh, Desert Storm happened. Think about after 9-11, the things that took place. And now you're in this position where the word nuclear is being brought up. I mean, it's scary stuff, man. And, and like you said, I'm not, I'm not a political guy. I don't, you know, I, I keep those pretty tight to the vest, but you know, your thoughts are with people that are fighting for their sovereignty. And it makes you wonder, again, I see a lot of posts on Facebook that just aren't real problems. You know, imagine sirens going off and, and, you know, you having to pick up arms to defend your country. It makes you should make you post a little differently on Facebook, but I'm sure it won't for most people. <laughs> yeah. So the, the moves that people are making, uh, not just in that, that fascinates me as, as we put out stuff last week and we began to talk to people more about how to sell and how to be a part and what they can do using the hyperclean system. It's also fascinating to me that the moves that people are making coming into the hyperclean system, and then also curious about, well, how do they adapt the system into their business? So quickly, I know it's, this isn't the main thing we want to talk about, but it, it, it is a fascinating moment for us and being able to help. I know we're not here to, to help like the government, but we're here to help somebody that is curious about how they use a, a Uno or Dose or Tray into their system. And the reason, the way we wanted to go about, it, at least I did, the, the fascinating part for me was to be able to look into it from how does somebody see what's going on, right? See, be able to look around and make adaptations, right? Because that's the whole premise of what we were saying. There's a big part of us that we need to adapt into. Maybe it's what's coming because like you mentioned the nuclear part, right? What happens if he goes full force on nuclear and then other people do, and then could we possibly get into World War Three? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, even if we don't go that far, there's many people talking about how this war over there will affect us, whether that's gas prices, whether it's stuff being able to come in or, or go yeah. out. Like, it will begin to affect us. And if we want to, as detailers, maximize every day, every week, every opportunity, how do we begin to go through and see what's going on and adapt it? It, I don't think we can take, you can't take something like a war and bring it into our business, right? Just the same as we used to say, don't take Corona and bring yeah. it into our business. Don't do that. No, you but just we, need to understand how it changes the world. You know, bringing something into your business and, you know, sitting there and watching the news all day is not going to help you. But knowing, knowing that it's going on and knowing that we now have oil that's going to skyrocket because of Russia's play in the oil market. And we realize that that's going to affect gas prices. It's going to affect supply issues. You know, this is what's going to happen. And so you need to be ready for tough times. And the way to be ready for tough times is there's a reason we have three words in our business that we really have tried at the turn of the year to, to, to drill into people. You got to get the right products for your business. You got to build the right processes around those products. And then you got to have what's your overall purpose for your business every day. And I think when you look at Uno, Dose, and Trey, the greatest thing about those three products is it's very, very simplistic to understand. Number one, they're single layer. Number two, you can have a good, better, best system right off the gate, right? If you just wanted to build a one, two, and three-year package, they're built for you. You don't really have to think much beyond that. What I think is, you know, something that, that, that we continue to hear in every conversation we have, especially as guys are getting rolling in their business, is they don't understand how important process is. And 
I have asked a hundred guys this year already, walk me through how long it takes you to one step and put a coating on a mid-sized SUV, which is the most popular uh, vehicle being purchased in America and probably globally. And guys have crazy answers because they don't actually have it timed out. They don't know how long they're going to be working on a car. They don't know how, well, you know, I got to see what the condition is. Yeah, to an extent. Something that's completely destroyed, I get it. But how many times do we come up on a car that's completely destroyed? Where it's, I'm adding five hours to the job. That doesn't really happen as much as guys lead on. A true one step and a quick coding like Uno, Dos, and Trey, you should have down to the minute almost how long it's going to take you to wash, decon the paint, go in and one step it, then lay your coating down. But if you're dealing with a three-layer coating system, I mean, I had some guy bring up to me, he's really struggling in his elite business and he's get, he's got a big business because he's still offering a package where there's nine layers of coating and he's seeing that market die off and now he's got to start making some adjustments. Well, no kidding, because it's the world's changed. And if you can't feel it, Marty, one thing I'll say about you and I is internally, the middle of last year, we knew the world was changing. Middle of 2021, we had started hearing whispers, hey, not every detailing supplier is doing as well as they think. And not a, we started hearing this noise and we put it out on our episodes and we tried to tell guys the world is now changing. It's not the good times have stopped rolling and you need to be ready for hey, man, do you have something that's $4.99 for somebody to get into your packages? I don't care how elite your company is. One of the most elite detailing companies on the, in, in the United States do 3,000 cars a year at a dealership. Guys wouldn't know that by the social media. But they have their volume coming somewhere, right? And then they get to do this elite work at their shop. So I think when I look at guys and how they can implement Uno, Dos, and Trey is you should be looking at, does this make me more efficient? And when you start looking at your process, if you can't tell me how long a four-door car takes, a four-door midsize SUV, a large truck, if you don't have those down, I think you can kind of forget about everything else being important because your processes are out of whack. And as soon as that happens, you have zero consistency in your business. You mentioned the word package and, you know, I, that's no doubt. And, and there's the interesting part that I think it'd be fun to chop back and forth because you're, you're a non-package kind of guy. Whereas most people always want to have a package. They always want to have a, a menu that they give out to help sell their products, you know, or, or you know, their, their, their service apologies. Yep. Um, and they, they, well, come on, let's be real. There's a lot of people that have come into distribution and start asking for papers so they can hand out papers because they, they just, they think it's easier that way. Right. Like yeah. we've been programmed into having a package, having something that we give and Hey, here's my package. So if, if I'm going to look, because we got this message from somebody that is, they're going to, you know, be now putting the hyperclean system into their local market. Right. And he used that specific word. And I like it because we have to analyze and we have to evaluate our local market, no matter what we see from anybody. Right. The best way for us to grow is to bring in and encourage growth inside of our local market that best meets the needs of that market. Let me be a little bit more clear. If 
For instance, like Nick said, if you're a high-end shop working in a certain way, then your market's going to be a little different than the mobile guy that has a, also a shop, right? That's a hybrid model or a straight, straight, you know, mobile guy. Maybe your customer is fits a certain diagram, right? Maybe they they like to do certain things. Maybe most of your customers drive Porsches, Mercedes, or maybe most of your customers are moms in minivans and soccer moms. Could be one or the other. Or Nick, I bet you you have a whole mixture of all different types of people or all different types of businesses, all different types of cars. But we want to be able to be starting to infiltrate our local market. And I want to be able to use hyperclean ceramics to infiltrate my local market. I then have to, as a detailer, A, I've got to sell it to my customer. And we talked about that last week. But I also have to either build a new package around that or start to do more just add-on services and do upsells. So are you more of a, hey, we need to go look at our market and build a, a whole new packages if we're going to bring in a hyper-clean ceramics? Or do you think that maybe it should be more of a upsell type? Yeah, it's interesting because as I got into the shop and as we started to, you know, approach business a little differently through the shop, I had to lay out packages for PPF. I had to lay out those types of things so it was understandable to people visiting my website and whatever. I would say we pretty much operate with three or four packages. We don't sit there and like, you know, say, hey, this is a package, whatever. It's I'm talking to somebody on the phone. They tell me what they want. And I just kind of explain our service. Here's what would fit you best. Here's what I think you should do. I would tell guys that the, the easiest way if a guy's getting started is to think of having three packages for exterior. Think of having two to three packages for interior. Because I can, I can do what every top brand in the world does, which is have a good, better, best. You know, Walmart has it, Target has it, Tiffany's has it, Nordstrom's has it. That's the way that they operate. And that's the way that most of your customers have been taught to look at things. So I would base, especially for guys getting their start or for guys struggling to get business. First of all, I would do everything as a one-step correction. I would not start my business with these massive paint correction packages because it's very tough to get off the ground. You know, those are things that most people are not going to pay for. As you grow your business, that'll grow and you can adjust your package from there. But I can very easily build three packages. I got a one step in Uno. I got a one step in Dose and I got a one step in Tray. I've simplified the exterior part of my business in an instant. Figure out how long each one takes you on a normal sized SUV. Base the price off that. There's going to be times you do bigger trucks. There's going to be times you do two door cars. You don't adjust your price. The price is the price. Keep it simple and put it out into the market. Look, we know it works because we shared this with people all over the United States and they've transformed their business financially. We shared a story of it last week. What I want people to understand is you don't have... The more confusing your system is, the more confusing you are to the customer. And that's always a loss. So hey, that's an easy way to look at. It. Hey, there's no doubt as we've, when people have sent in stuff, I've gone and followed and gone to their websites and gone and looked at stuff. I think you have, you have a saying that's like, if, 
if you if you're making it hard for me to spend money with you, I don't want to spend money with you. 100%. Right? If it's hard to do business with you, it's it's going to be like you're not going to yeah. have a great like level of success. That, it's like we we shared this about a vendor. He wants to give all this crap about using a credit card. It's like, dude, just price it into our stuff and let me pay with a credit card. Don't don't make it difficult for me to take this and hand you this credit card number, right? That's what we believe in here. And if you look at Uno Dos and Trey, I just built your three packages that that's going to serve 97%, 98% of the marketplace. I, I've just done it. You don't. And again, if you want to be even more simplistic, you can add a fourth package. What about a, a wash, a clay and a sealant like slick? So now I have something for everybody. People that don't want polishing, I put slick on their car. Okay. And say, Hey, we got this wash and decon package with the sealant. Then I can go to my first package or my second package, which is Uno in a one-step, Dose in a one-step, Trey in a one-step. Because I, I'm having this conversation a lot, and people don't want to hear this. If you're not getting 75 to 90% of defects out with the one-step technology as it, as it exists today, you're, you're using the wrong tool, you're using the wrong pad, you're using the wrong uh, abrasive, you're using something wrong. The one-step technology is there. You have to be able to leverage it. If, but if I want to move forward, and I think there's a lot of people that are, and listen, we've already seen the DMs. We've seen the amount of people that have started to, to really respond to this, and it's exciting. It really is. If I'm wanting to build out a new package, here's, here's one just last little thought on this. I think it'd be interesting. Should I go and look at competitors in the market? Should I go and see what else is going on in my area and build packages like other people? Should I begin to mirror some things that other people are saying? Or should I be completely all on my own? So there's no doubt that we've caught wind of people emailing us as we got into the shop and, you know, try to act like a customer and they're getting my information and they think that's going to help them win. The way that I personally look at it, and I've always looked at it is, I know what it takes to run a profitable business long-term. So let's just use the number of a hundred bucks an hour. Okay. For some people in some cities that may be 75 bucks an hour because their cost of living is lower. Some people like New York city, Miami, Vegas, Los Angeles, it may be 150 bucks an hour bare minimum. Right. So let's just use a hundred dollars because that's something that's always been floated in our industry and understand how to build a package. So if I can wash decon one step and lay Uno down in five and a half hours, which I've actually proven to you, I've done it in like four and some change uh, on a black Lexus SUV. Then I got to ask myself, if I want to make $100, then my starting package for a one step in Uno is $549. I just built the package. But I can't build that package in that pricing if I don't know my process and I don't keep refining my process. So let's say my process today is six hours. I start this, this package that Nick and Marty told me to start, a one-step in Uno, decon, all that stuff. Today, it's six hours. As you get more comfortable and you get more efficient, that sh you should be working down to four and a half, five hours as you get more efficient and better at what you're doing. So if I do a one-step on a car, is it more efficient than a guy just starting? Yes, it is. So now I've done it in four and a half hours. My price is 550. Hey, I'm, I'm really making out here. 
I'm doing a really great job. I'm giving really great results. I've given them exactly what they want and I'm making great money. But what happens is, is so many guys don't understand their process and they're changing products too often. This is why you need to get in a system like HyperClean, in my opinion, because the only way to build an efficient process is to keep refining an already great process. You got to get to the great process, but you can't keep abandoning it because somebody's selling you something new on the internet. I think that's the important part. All right. So let's, let's talk about coatings, right? Let's talk about coatings for a second. And we, you know, we're big, huge on maintenance. Not everybody is big on maintenance. And so one of the things that happens with coatings is they get contaminated or what we have in the professional world, we call clogging, right? That coating clogged. <laughs> all yeah. right. So first of all, let's define what that means. And the, you know, the reason why we bring it up is this was another DM. Uh, actually, it wasn't a DM. Hyperclean Specialist Facebook group. There you go. Uh, We're having good conversation in there. That's where we get this from. It was a great question. We don't talk about it often, but let's talk about contamination. Industrial fallout, exactly what contaminates, uh, you know, clear coat when you have to clay it, when you have to chemically decon it, all the stuff you have to do to prepare to polish it or prepare to lay a coating down happens to your coating. Your coating is not impenetrable. It, it's exactly like clear coat. It's, it's got a porous surface to it. So it's going to get contaminated if it's not maintained. And now you get into the real questions of, okay, you've allowed or your customers allowed because you don't offer the service for the coating to be contaminated. You're there. It's contaminated. It's clogged. What do you do? That's the real question. Yeah, that is the real question. So let's, let's, let's go real dumb for a second. Okay. Um, what's the contamination? So contamination can be iron, uh, where you need an iron fallout remover. Contamination can be water spots or what you would call like a water scaling problem where maybe you're not seeing water spots, but there's a film from not using the ionized clean water, uh, on the outside. So you'll see a lot of guys use acid bath type stuff to, you know, clean that up off the surface could be somebody painted something just like it would happen to your clear coat and you run your hand over and it's contaminated. Uh, it could be a variety of different things, but it happens just the same as a contaminated clear coat. It's not different. Okay. So we, we've, we've got this stuff that's on and you mentioned acid and you mentioned some different things there. There's multiple people that go, Oh, shoot, I can't, what do I spray on there? I can't, I can't spray acid. I can't spray a high pH on, I'm going to damage the coating. Yes and no. I mean, look, acid is aggressive. There's no doubt about it, but you've allowed a problem to exist, right? Once you have heavy water spotting, once you have heavy water scaling, you got to get it off there. And the only way to really combat it accurately most times is with some type of acidic type product that can eat away at those minerals. doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Their water spot remover has an acidic blend of products in it does it has to to eat away at that at, at those minerals that are left behind and it may not work you know there's sometimes you got to you got to polish there's other times where the contamination is iron so you got to use product like our hyper clean fuego and you got to get the iron contamination out of there and so you'll see your coating bleed a little bit but once your coating is contaminated you have to get the contamination 
off the surface or that coating is going to start to deteriorate quicker than it's supposed to. And it's never going to have the hydrophobic or hydrophilic properties that you want to have with a coating. It's, it's just like a contaminated clear coat. At that point in time, you are damaging that surface, period, end of story. All right. If I've got iron, though, and I, I spray some fuego on, it's going to decon, right? Yeah. It'll, it's, that's what you call a chemical decontamination. Safe? Safe, yeah. It's coating safe. I mean, look, okay. none of the, if, if any of these coatings were to severely damage uh, a coating, that means it was going to severely damage other parts of your car. So it would damage things like trim. Usually it would damage things like, uh, you know, paint, naked paint without any coating on it. So, yeah, these are if they're safe for paint, they're safe for coatings. All right. Now, you mentioned polishing. Now, friction, though, friction's going to, it's actually the, uh, oh, what's that word? You know, the uh superman has his uh kryptonite uh, kryptonite right it isn't friction the kryptonite of coatings that's that's really uh, what strips the, it the off the next step is if if chemically all of this stuff doesn't decontaminate the coating you have to clay it okay okay and this is where we get into a little bit of a gray area where guys have so many different opinions uh, if you have to clay the surface, most people's claying process introduces a lot of marring. Can you safely uh, use clay in a proper way and have very minimal marring? Absolutely. But there's going to be marring somewhere, right? It's an, it, clay is an abrasive technology, plain and simple. Can it safely be used if you use the right type of clay and the right type of process? Yes, with very, very minimal marring. But let's say your argument is, hey, if I use clay on anything, I'm going to polish. Now I'm abrading the surface of the coating with a polishing step. This to me is where you get into some very different types of opinions about what is right and what is wrong. And technically, here's the reality. Here's the reality nobody wants to face. That once I introduce any type of abrasion with a polisher and a polishing pad, an abrasive technology inside of a polish, I have no idea how much I'm removing. I have no idea about any of that because no paint depth gauge is going to tell me the truth of what's taking place on the surface. So to me, I think that's one of the more interesting things is guys are so quick to polish a lot of coating systems, but I, I don't know where I come out on it because I know the realities. I may remove more on the hood than I do on the door, right? And now I've got an uneven coating system. And I'm aligned to the fact that as soon as I do that, I forever change that coating system. Uh, so it is kind of odd that it's being taught. It is. I think you're right that it is odd. There's a reality around it. You know, I just talked to somebody about this recently. I think at the bare minimum, if you're going to do coatings, you need to be offer, you need to be able to offer three types of maintenance packages for coatings alone. A quarterly, uh, every six months or yearly. And you need to price everything accordingly and you need to go over everything accordingly. Cause there's some guys that can't do weekly maintenance. If they're just a one guy show, a couple guys show, you start doing a lot of coatings and stuff like that. You can't maintain all those cars as they start to build up in your business, but you got to have some way of, of servicing. And I, I hate the behavior of coating a car 
and saying these words online, which I see a lot, which is, well, you didn't take care of it well enough. So now it's back here and I got to do that. It's like, I don't know, man, they're not a professional detailer. What were the odds they were going to take care of it perfectly? I think pretty slim. So if you're not able to offer quarterly maintenance at the minimum, I think every six months, but yearly coding maintenance gets into some real tricky behavior because let me think about this way. January 1, Marty, you bring your car to me and I put a coating on. February 2nd, somebody paints their house next to your car. You're not coming back for your yearly maintenance until January 1 of the next year. My coating has been contaminated that whole year. I didn't get the great coating experience. The, the contamination is starting to eat away the integrity of my coating. So now my, my coating has been eaten away at for 11 months by this contamination. What exactly is a great experience about all of that? And here's what we're going to say. Well, the customer, yeah, the customer did nothing wrong. Some jackass painted their house near their car. That customer did nothing wrong. So that kind of behavior in our industry of just saying, if everyone would listen to us is real destructive and to me, isn't giving a solution. So we don't really come across a bunch of coding contamination because if you get a coding from us, more than likely you're enrolled in our maintenance program. So I don't really deal with this on a massive scale. I've cleaned up a bunch of coatings from other companies that don't have the ability to maintain the car. Or maybe they went out of business or you know, had a falling out with the customer or whatever. So we have a very, very specific process, but I'm very upfront. If we go to abrading the paint, we're now talking about we need to reintroduce some type of heavy ceramic product to build that coating back up. Otherwise, the coating is, is damaged by us, you know, abrading the paint with a polisher. So basically, after a coating gets clogged, in a sense, should we always put uh, maybe some type of boost or topper or another, you know, maybe a, a, a one-year type coating? Is that always the thing that we should be doing? Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to those severe levels of decontamination, what if you decontaminate it with an iron remover and that was your problem? You didn't have to abrade the paint. You didn't have to do anything. The coating's back to healthy. Well, then I don't think, I think you can always put a topper on to help, you know, boost the ceramic uh, properties a little bit, but you need to be honest about what that is. You're just kind of trying to help that system evolve and, and stay around a little longer, right? That's the whole reason of using a product like Slick consistently. If I use Slick consistently, what's the odds I'm going to get heavy contamination? Not very high because I constantly have something protecting my surface new every time, right? It gets eaten away, then I put new on. And so really my coating never gets affected very much. It just kind of wears more slowly that way. Um, but if you have to you know, if you're under the impression you're going to do yearly coding service, you're going to have to make some decisions that really alter the coding system as a whole. And anybody saying differently is not, we're not really having a very upfront conversation. It's okay if that's what you choose to do. You just have to be uh, aligned with the facts of your maintenance is going to be more expensive for the customer. It's going to be a more invasive usually on the coding. And you could have a coding that's contaminated for 11 straight months out of the year. And, and it might not have been the coatings problem from what your, your story earlier, right? I mean, coatings aren't invincible, right? They're, they, they do have, as, as we can see, no doubt, they can get clogged. 
So are, are you saying that the best way to prevent that wouldn't be to be a one year? I know you mentioned a quarterly would be a, you know the best, but would somebody getting their car cleaned on a weekly or biweekly basis and then coming back, like you said, topping it with slick or maybe using Eco One as their wash, some way of putting protection down on a regular basis, constantly cleaning and then reprotecting? That's the long-term best play? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Th- there, there's nothing in car care, PPF, coatings, uh, doesn't matter what, vinyl wrap, doesn't matter what product you're talking about. There is not one single product in the car market that isn't extremely boosted by doing what? Maintaining it. PPF is better when you maintain it. Ceramic is better when you maintain it. And is maintenance yearly? No. Maintenance is what do you do on a weekly basis? We found this out about interior care. Most damage in seats is not somebody having a knife stick through their pocket and then stick through the leather. It's stuff down in the seams that keeps moving around and starts rubbing at the seams of the seats. That's the most leather damage that takes place. But if you if it never gets to build up and it's always vacuumed, I really don't have to sit there and stress leather care because I never have any debris to damage the leather, right? It's the same with paint. It's the same with coatings. It's the same with PPF. You're not going to get around the best case scenario for everything around your car, your engine, your paint, your interior, your wheels, your brakes, name it, your tires. If I rotate my tires and I keep them properly pressurized and you don't, my tires are going to last longer, right? What people don't want to admit about their cars, this is all of our customers are this way unless they buy into to more heavy maintenance. It doesn't matter. Your car is maintenance heavy. If it's not maintained, it's going to start falling apart. If your coating's not maintained consistently, uh, cleaned up consistently, it's going to start to deteriorate. It's going to start not acting the way you want it to be, not looking the way you want it to be. So we've put a coating on, we've walked away, Somebody paints their house. Remember, there's times I walk up on contamination that happened within the time my guys were there, and the contamination comes right off. Like, we can feel it. We take a pressure washer. We take our soap. We go through our process. We we go back. The car's fine. There's plenty of houses that have been painted near my customers' cars that if we see it within a good amount of time, it doesn't stick to the surface. You've, you've witnessed that in your career. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is what people don't want to contamination when left becomes contamination that we usually have to abrade off the paint with clay, but most contamination, not all, we certainly shared a Lincoln navigator with some road paint on it. You know, that that's not going to be helped by maintenance. I want people to think about this though. If you care for your car properly or your customer's car properly, contamination usually is never an issue. And I I share this all the time. I have owned a lot of cars in my life. There there are some that I've never had to clay. Think about that. Never had to clay. I got them, they were in reasonable shape. I kept them in reasonable shape and clay never touched the surface. Think about that. You've come across collections of cars. You got a collection you take care of where those clients never have to be decontaminated because you, you care for the cars every week. 
Yeah, we have one coming in tomorrow. We're excited about. Uh, we're going to be prepping it because now he's going to sell it, and he's getting yeah. his new rover coming in. And when he's already said, as it gets in, he wants it coated. He wants us to put on hyperclean tray, and then we maintain it on a weekly to biweekly basis. Yeah, and you never run into contamination, and so this no. is this is where the contamination talk gets a little bit out of control is that we all don't want to just have this conversation and say contamination happens 100% because a car is not maintained. Now, whether you want to put that on the customer or you want to put that on the detailer, or you want to put that on yourself or you want to put it on the customer is not for me to say, but that's exactly why contamination exists and gets worse on cars, right? Because we allow it to be there. So now when we go to abrasion and we talk about this great yearly service we provided, well, no, you didn't. You, you ate at the integrity of the coating by abrading the surface heavily with some type of polish, some type of pad, some type of tool. So this is something that I'll leave everybody with. Coatings never wear evenly, right? Your hood, your roof, and your, the top of your trunk of a four-door car are going to wear much quicker than side panels usually, right? Because of direct sunlight on those flat panels. So what happens when I abrade the paint? My doors have much more coating on them. My, my flat surfaces, now I've taken the coating down even more. So how do I put more coating in those three places? I, I, can't, I can't control that. I'm just adding to the system to the best of my ability and I have this inconsistent system. It's already inconsistent because of how things wear and tear. But I have now added to the inconsistency by abrading the paint. It's all good. you got to get the coating healthy. But maybe, just maybe, there's an opportunity for everybody to win by looking at my maintenance schedule and saying, you know, yearly is a little long. Can I go to every six months and help this customer a little more? Can I go to a quarterly maintenance? Uh, again, I'm not telling guys that they can have a robust weekly or bi-weekly business. Some people aren't capable of doing that. That's fine. But there are better solutions than this yearly maintenance stuff that I see that it's, 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 it's all too prevalent to me. Yeah. As there's no doubt as coatings continue and they we're not going backwards. So the clogging discussion will live on unless we heed the words and go into that maintenance. And I agree, man. One year maintenance, I've never understood that. That's way too long. There's a lot that goes on in that year. There's a lot that goes on. So great words of advice, Nick, brother. Thanks so much, man. Talk soon. Have a great week. Hey, this is Marshall. I hope you have had a great week, and I hope you're going to have a wonderful week coming up. If you do, please go join the HyperClean Specialist Group and share about it. Come in and talk to us. We'd love for you to be a part. Hey, this is Marshall. Make it a great day.